the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Then sports coverage and entertainment after hours. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Russian forces expanding their offensive in Ukraine as they conduct airstrikes in new areas of the country's West, Russian President Vladimir Putin, meanwhile, approving the recruitment of volunteers from Syria and elsewhere to join the fight. Meanwhile, in an interview, Sergei Orlov, the deputy mayor of Mariupol, says Russians tried to eliminate the Ukrainian population. We thought that their wish is to win uh, against Ukrainian army, but now we understand that uh, their wish is Ukraine without Ukrainians. Former U.S. Ambassador to Germany Rick Grinnell says U.S. should have used sanctions to dissuade Vladimir Putin early on. We did not apply diplomatic, uh, peaceful pressure like sanctions, like oil sanctions, like energy sanctions on Nord Stream 2 in the very beginning. And this is SRN New. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Hi, I'm cute kid number one. And I'm cute kid number two. And we have been forced, you mean hired, we have been hired to tell you what direct lender FOMO is. So let's say you buy a new home and maybe you use one of those big mortgage monsters or someone your realtor or friend recommends. And then a few months later, you hear us being forced, hired, hired to tell you about our mortgage team's direct lender advantage. And then you feel like you missed out because you probably did miss out. And that is direct lender FOMO. It's Ryan. And our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This often allows us to get you a better rate on that new home mortgage, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Dollar Corporate Animalist Number 1335. Rack Animalist Number 65233. Equal Housing Lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. The following program was pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange doctor. Strange doctor. We finally made it to campus. This is going to make a mess of the uh, Spotify, isn't it? I believe that's the Ukrainian national anthem. I'm not positive, but I, I'm pretty sure that is. You got it, King. Thank you, sir. Um, anyway, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. We're talking Ukraine this hour. Um I'm a former uh, I'm a former advisor to the National Bank of Ukraine back in the 90s. Uh, I have colleagues here who've been there much more recently. A Fulbright scholar that's been in Kharkiv at uh, at, at uh, the University of Yaroslav the Wise, uh, and uh, a colleague who is uh, who is Russian, uh, but very much uh, very much a person that's been been following this and quite horrified by the behavior of the Russian government this time. Uh, and uh, and again, keeping track of things. It appears that the, according to reports right now, I'm re- I'm following the, I'm following two English language Kiev-based uh, independent journals, uh, the Kiev Post and the Kiev Independent, uh, and and following their news feeds over the last uh, over the last hour and a half since I got got to my office this morning, and and. They're saying that that uh, there's now full EU support for disconnecting Russia from SWIFT. Um, just checking, if have we got Ed Morrissey on the line yet? We do, King. Ah, oh, beautiful. Let me let me bring Ed onto the show now. Ed Morrissey, proprietor, chief bottle washer at HotAir.com, my former colleague in the Northern Alliance Radio Network, uh, refugee of Minnesota, now living in in. The warm climbs, but uh, funky electrical system of Texas. Um, good morning, Ed. How are you? I'm doing well, King. That's uh, that's one of the more accurate uh, descriptions I've had. You know, introductions I've had. The the the, the sort of dicey electric uh, electric grid system of Texas is still up and running. I I must emphasize. Haven't had any problems yeah. yet so far, and hopefully yeah. we're on the. Uh, we're on the downside of winter over here already, so I'm I'm hoping that uh, we're going to make it all the way through. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a sunny 11 degrees here in St. Cloud, so uh, uh, be very happy to be where you are, sir. Uh, <laughs> it's it's all hey it's actually hey Ed, here you today. is it okay? It, it is actually uh, here today. It's uh, I'll tell you in just a second. It's 36 degrees out here right now. Wow! Wow! Oh boy, you might have to put on a sweater. Oh, that's nice. Might just, uh, yeah. <laughs> might just. Okay, so, Ed, you sat in for Hugh Hewitt over on our sister station, AM1280, The Patriot, and, of course, stations around the country. Yesterday, you were reporting on uh, Ukraine and talking to a lot of experts. First of all, what's your understanding of the situation on the ground right at this moment? My understanding is that, um, is that the Russians have taken control of 
well, first off, Chernobyl, we found that out yesterday, but, um, mm-hmm. but they're, they're into the suburbs of Kiev at the moment, but they're not in Kiev proper. Um, and and they tried all night long to push into Kiev proper. They haven't been able to do that. It, the last I saw, Russians have not taken over any of the major population centers in Ukraine, and, outside, of course, the Donbass, where they, they've been controlling things for years. And mm-hmm. it, it's rather stunning. I mean, this is the Russian army. This is supposed to be one of the top armies in the world, and they don't appear to be performing very well, at least in the initial going here. And uh, there's been some other developments that have popped up, which tend to indicate that perhaps even Vladimir Putin is starting to realize that something's wrong here. Um, I, I know we can probably talk about this more at length, but apparently there was an appeal made to Kazakhstan for troops, where, where Putin had just got done rescuing President Tokayev. Uh, about six weeks ago, and not only did Takayev refuse to send troops to Ukraine, he refuses now, he announced that he refuses to recognize the uh, independence of Luhansk and Donetsk. And uh, that's a rather stunning turnaround for a guy who just got rescued by Putin six weeks earlier. Yeah, I've been watching, I've been watching that, I've been watching the uh, sort of the uh, the the uh, on the one hand, on the other hand, kind of work that's being done by China in its uh, foreign relations vis-a-vis this conflict. Uh, it abs- I believe it abstained on the statement from the uh, UN Security Council yesterday, rather than rather than uh, cast a vote alongside Russia. So it looks like they're trying to basically have it both ways, um, right. which is pretty common in Chinese uh, foreign policy. Uh, to, you know, and I'm not really sure wanting enough, yeah. to go to that. Yeah, it, 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 I'm not really wanting to go there, but but Ed, what 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 it does seem to me, and I agree with you on that assessment to the extent that that I'm at all a um, a uh, expert on uh, military uh, military science uh, of any way, shape, or form. It looks like what what Russia had intended was a very quick armored assault that would take Kiev in a matter of a day or two. Decapitate the government, install a new, install a new government, and then I'm not sure what would have happened next. Would they have tried to swallow the country whole, or would they have partitioned, or what have you? That part, that part's really unclear. But it looks like that's not working, right? Well, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And the problem is, is it's unclear because it was unrealistic all along. I mean, this is a really strange move by. Vladimir Putin. I mean, there just isn't a really good. You know, we talk about exit strategies in terms of you know American, uh, American. Uh, what, what do you want to call it? Uh, military adventures, right? We got into Afghanistan. What right. was the What was the exit strategy? You get into uh, you, you get into uh, 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 Iraq. What's the exit strategy? Well, I don't understand what the exit strategy is in uh, Ukraine for for Putin, and I'm not even sure what the what he thought that the end result was going to be. This was not going to be a country that was just going to simply collapse and allow Russia to annex it. Uh, this is a country that is very much unhappy with with Russia, and you see it in the streets. You've got uh, one of the Klitschko brothers, one of the um, uh, yep, Vitaly boxers, Vitaly, right? Vitaly, who is the mayor of Kiev, I believe, right? Yes, and and he is taking pictures of himself in fatigues and saying that he's basically going to fight to the death. 
Uh, and there's a whole lot of Ukrainians who are right there along with him. You've got Petro Poroshenko, who's got every reason to want to see uh, you know, Volodymyr Zelensky uh, get taken down, and he's out in the street and swearing that he'll die in the street rather than let the Russians take over. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an amazing, inspiring response from Ukraine, and it seems to be having an effect. Uh, you've got, uh, apparently there's a, um, there's a fighter pilot who's already an ace for Ukraine. They're calling him the Ghost of Kiev. He's shot down a number of Russian um, pilots already. I mean, this is not a walkover, and I don't think it ever was going to be. And so I get back to what it was that Putin expected to get out of this. I don't, I don't get at all what he thought he was going to gain by a full-scale invasion that he couldn't have gotten just simply from rattling sabers and, and, and hitting pressure points and, and unnerving Ukrainians about a potential um, invasion long enough to get them to roll over and and play ball with them, this is this is I think going to be the worst of both worlds because it's going to eventually reveal that Putin's Putin's army, Putin's economic capabilities, uh, both are not strong enough to claim superpower status, and it's going to it's going to end up humiliating Russia. So. Yeah, there's a couple things in what you said that 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 I want to explore, and 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 uh, you might be staying with me for a while longer than I thought because you've just triggered sure. like three different things I got to talk about. Uh, first of first of all, first of all, um, it's pretty clear that that that. And let me let's start with this point. Had they just chosen to annex, because they recognize the Donetsk and Luhansk people's republics, right? Uh, right. These are these rump areas that were that be, that declared and and were semi-separated from Ukraine. No, no international, no other country had recognized them. Russia had not recognized them until Tuesday, and I had, and then and then you, then. Then you saw, you know, that the troops were right there and ready to sort of go in and act as peacekeepers, and that's what we thought that was going to happen, and that what we that's what we thought would happen. And I think we all sort of had sort of made peace in our minds with with that happening. And I don't think you'd see nearly the kinds of things that were going on. The West was measuring itself. But here's the thing: the minute they decide to invade any piece outside of Donetsk and Luhansk. And it turns out, coming out of the Transnistria toward Lviv, coming out of the north toward Kiev, as well as coming out of the coming out of the the coming out of the east uh, toward where everybody thought they'd go, but going much further than they thought, threatening Kharkiv, uh, moving toward Dnipro city, uh, and so forth. I think that all just made everybody go, "What does he want?" Yeah. He wants well, something far more than we thought. And, and, yeah, and I think that's so, with Kazakhstan, too. I mean, that's the reason why right. Kazakhstan has done a, a about face here, too, is that, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, first off, the the partition of Donbass took place eight years ago, right? So, right, right. I mean, I'm surprised it took this long for him to get around to saying, well, we're going to recognize these as independent republics, because that's exactly what he did in South Ossetia and Abkhazia 14 years ago and really didn't pay any sort of significant price for that. And I kind of am surprised it took this long for him to get about to doing that. And looking at Ukraine through history, and I know that you know, you're, 
you've studied this far more than I have. I mean, those are sort of recent additions to the Ukraine state, if you will. Yes. I mean, th- th- those were sort of administrative uh, changes that were made during the Khrushchev regime. For whatever purpose Khrushchev had, I, I can't even tell you what the purpose was. But they just sort of assigned those areas to Ukraine. And so when Ukrainian independence came along, they, those areas came with them, but they're ethnic Russian. They're, they're traditionally Russian areas. Um, Crimea right. is a different matter. Crimea is a real mixed bag. But Donetsk and Luhansk, there, there's a, at least a... There's at least an argument, right, that, well, that wasn't really ever part of Ukraine, but there's always been a Ukrainian, you know, national sense, right? There was a Ukrainian national sense prior to the Soviet Union. During the Soviet Union, it was probably especially heightened because of the Holodomor, uh, yep. the, the famine in 1932 and 1933 that Stalin imposed on, on Ukraine cost almost four million lives, at best estimates. Um, so to, to want to invest that back into Russia is basically committing to a decades-long occupation that is going to make Afghanistan look uh, a lot more simple, because Ukrainians are better armed, more united. There there aren't any tribal um, uh, rivalries in the part of Ukraine that hadn't already been partitioned off. You're talking about a united people who are going to fight to the death against an occupation. I mean, it just made no sense at all, King. Yeah, it doesn't. Hey, Ed, i got to take a break here. We'll be right back. Uh, and, and I want you to re- reflect on the question. Uh, reflect on the question. If, if what he's trying to do makes no sense at all, the question is, does this guy actually sane? Uh, you, see, you know, it, it, I, I, that's a serious question. We're to visit with Ed Morrissey from HotAir.com. You are listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-343-8638. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-343-8638. 800-343-8638. 800-343-8638. Wally Langfellow and Eric Nelson from Minnesota Score Radio's 10,000 Takes, talking about Minnesota's 10,000 losing teams. Wild Wolves, Gophers, Twins, Vikings, you name it, we'll cover it. Will any team step up and give Minnesota's long-suffering fans something to cheer about? 
If they do, we'll tell you about it on 10,000 Takes. 10,000 Takes, weeknights at 5, here on the Biz 1440, Twin Cities Business Radio. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free GetUpside Gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I'll make 200 to $300 this year. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code MOVE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code MOVE for up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code MOVE. You know, if John's at the mic, is at the production uh, counter down there at uh, at the mothership. You know, you're going to get some really fun choices of music. Thank you, John. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. We are visiting with Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. Uh, occasional uh, uh, guest hosts at the Hugh Hewitt Show and other places as well. I often get to talk to Ed on, you know, on shows, show on these other shows he does, and sometimes on Hot Air as well. I'm really loving it. Uh, Ed, thank you for being with us. So I asked you a question at the end to reflect on, so you've had about four minutes to think about it. Is Vladimir Putin sane? Yeah, it's a great question, and, and I think that there's a couple of, couple of different ways to look at this. One is, has he ever been sane? I mean, this is obviously the culmination of an escalating series of ambitions. And, uh, you know, we've, we've often sent up the warning flares to people who seem to want to consider him some sort of, you know, leader of, you know, the Christian West type of thing. And uh, I've had these conversations with friends before and, and, and said, this guy is, uh, you know, serious, a serious threat to world order. And uh, you have to understand that this is, he's not defending Christian anything. He's using that as, you know, a means to an end. What he wants to do is he wants to reconstitute a Russian empire. And he's going to do it at the expense of Eastern Europe. And, um, and Central Asia, too, which is the reason why I think Kazakhstan just finally figured this out. So if you think of him in those terms, maybe he's deluded but not insane. Here's another thing that I'd like to kind of throw in there. And the reason why I've been thinking about this even before you asked is that Marco Rubio on Twitter last night hinted that there's something, uh, there's something off about Putin over the last five years or so. And... The problem, I think, when, and we've seen this in, in many different applications, is that when people become absolute tyrants, absolute dictators, and Stalin would be one of the, one of the examples, Adolf Hitler would be another one, is that they, they are already somewhat, they have some sort of mental imbalance anyway. Um, power does very strange things to them, and they become megalomaniacal, and this was true of Stalin, it was true of Hitler, it's true of uh, other, you know, Saddam Hussein would be another example of this. 
And this type of mental illness uh, inevitably leads to some sort of Greek tragic downfall. The question is, how many people do you t- does it take with you? You know, in World War II, it took, what, 60 million people down with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you know, by the time it was all over, between 60 and 80 million people had, had died because of Hitler and, um, you know, to some extent Stalin, because, of course, the, you know, Molotov-Ribbentrop uh, agreement is what really allowed Hitler to touch off World War II. <clears throat> so right. there's, uh, you know, it, there are all sorts of reasons why we should be concerned about that, not the least of which, of course, is that Putin's got his fingers on uh, the nuclear button and actually almost explicitly threatened to leverage that uh, when he was talking about a response to sanctions or um, assistance to Ukraine uh, in this in this invasion. I mean, it is getting to be, it, you know, there's certainly, there's the madman theory, and then there's being a madman, they're two different things, and uh, the second is a lot worse than the first. Yeah, I, I, so I agree, agree with that, I, and I do think there's one, there's one extra factor to play into this, which is what has his isolation under COVID for the last two yeah. years done? Because I, I, I will say, I, I, I've actually known a couple of governors personally. You know, you know a couple too. You're caught sure. in like a major budget negotiation, and at that moment, you you pretty much it's late at night. You're all alone, and you got to make that decision for yourself. And you don't have anyone to take take counsel of. I can okay. That's a lot of pressure, and those things last weeks sometimes. And you see people crack in weeks. He's had two years of this and 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 the pictures that the pictures of that of that meeting on monday and then the speech afterward just struck me as as i have to say i agree with senator rubio i think there's something not right there hey ed can you stay for the second hour i sure can yeah okay you hang on you hang on we're gonna go sell some things we'll be back after this we're visiting with ed morrissey from hotair.com i'm king banyan talking to you on the king banyan show on the biz 1440 We wanted a four-wheel drive SUV, so we just stopped at Invergrove Hyundai, and we like what we see. And obviously, the same day, even, I bought one. Hi, this is Gary in Maplewood, and that started the relationship with uh, Invergrove Hyundai, and I'm on my third Hyundai since. I've bought at least 20 new cars, and in all the dealerships that I've dealt with, I've never felt more at home and appreciated than I have with Denver Grove Hyundai. I would just say that anybody looking for a vehicle, give uh, Inver Grove Hyundai a shot at it. Uh, you'll be happy you did. I would more than highly recommend Inver Grove Hyundai. I'm a partner of theirs forever, just for the way I was treated at, uh, at their dealership. I, I just can't say enough. Every new Hyundai, like the 2022 Santa Fe, comes with America's best warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain, and Hyundai Assurance. Check out their new inventory arriving daily at InvergroveHyundai.com. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. 
we provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-260-1792. 800-260-1792. 800-260-1792. That's 800-260-1792. Ah, man, winter's here, and I missed out on getting my roof done. Did you at least get your siding fixed? Nah, didn't get to that either. Well, I wouldn't worry. Just call JTR Roofing. JTR will give you an estimate and get your project on their calendar for first thing in the spring. There are a ton of roofing and siding companies. Why should I call JTR? First, check out their online reviews, like this one. JTR did the roofing and siding on our house. Fantastic. And conscientious workers. Okay. Or there's this one. I can't say enough about what great guys they are. JTR should be your first and last call. Hmm. Plus, JTR Roofing is also a locally owned company. They stand behind their work, and they'll be there for you in the years to come. JTR Roofing. Sounds like I better give them a call. Visit JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. JTR Roofing, windows, siding, and gutters. JTRRoofingInc.com. I have my good friend on with me today, uh, Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com, who's been following the story closely at his website. Um, and I was—I've I've been thinking about—I've been thinking about this for quite a bit. I—I I really believe. So, so we talked at the end of the segment, Ed, the previous segment, about the fact that perhaps this guy is insane. Right. Right. Uh, and, and so and so, you know, the last time we had a guy with a lot of weapons in Europe who was insane, we ended up with World War Two. And honestly, I went back to and actually reread in this past week. I quickly reread because I'd read the once before. Are you familiar with a, a novelist named William Walker who wrote a book called Danzig? Um, I've heard uh, of Danzig. Which, I haven't I haven't read the book, though. I got to tell you, there's now four of them. They just put a new one out, so I've already downloaded it onto the Kindle, and I will read it probably in the you know in the next week or two, um, which is set closer to 1939. But it's basically it, it uses a, a repeating character of a of a Swiss spy, which is kind of an interesting thought in and of itself, uh, right, and, yeah. and 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 goes through uh, goes through that. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, John, I have to say, that's funny. I just got a text from John. Uh, Donzig is my dog's name. Um, uh, and, uh, yes, yeah. Gdansk. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Gdansk, right? Gdansk. Actually, I think the dog would respond better to uh, Gdansk than, than Donzig. As a, <laughs> he'd as a he'd respond to anything better than his name, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, anyway, I, I guess the question is now, uh, Ed, and the reason I kept you over is because you're thinking about the wider world, you know, rather than just the conflict of, itself. So can you explain for listeners what's happening within NATO right now, and in particular what might be happening in Eastern Europe and the countries that, that have a, have been added to NATO since the fall of the Soviet Union? Well, I think first off you have to look to the Baltic states, right? Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Um 
and I don't, I never can remember which of the two have a significant ethnic Russian population. Two of those nations have 25% of their population are ethnic Russians. You know, the result, right. of course, of the intermix during the um, Soviet uh, Iron Curtain area, era in, um, in Eastern Europe. And seeing the pretext under which Putin has attacked um, uh, Ukraine over the last eight years, they've already been nervous. Moldova's nervous. Or it's just on the other side of Ukraine, sort of between Ukraine and Romania. Uh, and Moldova has been um, sympathetic to, to Russia, but uh, up until uh, just now uh, has been sympathetic towards Russia. For that matter, so is Hungary, so is the Czech Republic until just now. Both of those countries have come out and denounced uh, Putin and the uh, invasion and are uh, insisting that Ukraine's territorial integrity be restored. Um, so there's a lot of bridges burning in Eastern Europe for uh, for Putin, but I think that the Baltic states are probably the most concerned. Um, that's probably where NATO is going to shift its forces. I would say um, that it's the states that aren't already NATO members, including Moldova, by the way, which is not a NATO member. Uh, Romania mm-hmm. is. Uh, but also Finland, which has always figured that it could take care of itself. Uh, they may be looking at uh, joining NATO on an accelerated time uh, timeline. And that's like, and interestingly enough, Putin specifically warned Finland against that in the last week or so. Um, Putin has said that he wants a return to the pre-2017 NATO map, which would leave out a lot of, you know, Poland. Uh, it would leave out, um, actually, I think Poland may have already been in there in, in 2017, but Romania, uh, some of the other, um, some of the other uh, NATO countries that joined after 2017, he wants NATO, he wants them um, put out of NATO and have a guaranteed neutrality status um, as a condition of uh, dealing with Ukraine. I, that's not going to happen. I mean, if, if, if you didn't want to have NATO on your border, about the dumbest thing that you could possibly do would be invade Ukraine, because now NATO is sending tens of thousands of forces uh, to its eastern frontier as a message back to Putin that any further aggression towards NATO is going to have a dire result. And if you take a look at how badly, at least from what it seems like so far, that the Russians have performed in Ukraine, I think that this is a backfire of immense proportions on Putin's part. But I think that, if anything else, this has probably sold the skeptics of NATO on on the necessity of NATO. In fact, that might be the biggest demonstration of the necessity of NATO since the end of World War II. Yeah. So we had, and I'm going to have it play. I'm going to play this for you. Um, I've got to remember the the name of this person because I, I i keep forgetting who is the who is the uh chair of um uh, uh yes his name is paulo uh, gentileoni he is uh the chair of the uh, european uh, european he's the uh, chair of the eu Econ- economic committee so right. he's the economy commissioner and this is him saying basically the eu is going to look at uh, cutting off Russia from SWIFT. Play cut number seven, please, John. Well, we were tasked, we, the Commission and the ECB, by the finance ministers of the Union uh, to uh, look to this issue and to understand 
the feasibility and the possibility to have this tool as a tool that is affecting the target that we want to affect more than uh, backfiring towards our economies. Um, I would say first that we are already targeting um, almost uh, three quarters of Russian banks. Second, that we are considering also the possibility to use this tool, uh, but this needs a little bit more of uh, looking in depth. And this is what the Commission and the ECB are doing in the next few days. Right. So apparently, right. and apparently, I mean, they were d- debating it. They had some. Uh, they had some members who member countries who were saying, "Do we really have to do that?" But it seems like, at least in the last two hours, reports are coming out that the EU has decided it will join the United States, and they will together choose to uh, kick Russia off of SWIFT. Does it matter that much? Well, you would be able to talk more with the audience about what SWIFT means, but basically, yeah. just you know, from my from my you know less expert um, understanding of this, this would greatly complicate Russia's ability to sell its gas and oil abroad, uh, and it also would create a number of complications for China because China relies on SWIFT, and if the if China starts trying to manipulate SWIFT to help out. Russia, because they do a lot of trade with Russia, too. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. they share a, a very large border. And um, if if they do that, they risk getting kicked out of SWIFT. And they can't really afford that. China can't afford that either. And I think that that might be the big point at which Putin's domestic support has to really ask itself, how much are we, how, long, how much are we going to lose? Uh, by backing this, uh, by backing this play, and what do we have to gain? I mean, what is it that right. the oligarchs are gaining by by trying to invest Ukraine? I, I mean, it, this is in part this is sort of an old grudge, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when when you hear Putin talk about denazification of um, of Ukraine to Western ears, and you're not, you're going to know this as well. You probably know this better than I do. To Western ears, it sounds silly. It sounds like Godwin's Law type of of thing. It sounds like the the type of Western rhetoric about, you know, everybody I don't like is Hitler sort of thing. Uh, It's like that uh, idiotic Canadian MP that insisted that Hong Kong meant Heil Hitler. Uh, I think that was last week. Deeply unserious uh, Western leadership moments. But in Ukraine and in Russia, that means something completely different. That argument is completely different. There is a grudge between uh, ethnic Russians and ethnic Ukrainians in that area based on a brief flirtation with the Nazis when they initially invaded Ukraine in 1941 yes. because the Ukraine, ethnic Ukrainians saw them as liberators. After you know, This was 10 years after, or not even that, eight years after the Holodomor, uh, after Stalin had brutally oppressed the Kulaks in, in, in the region and, and, had, um, and had brutally oppressed Ukrainians in general. Um, now, that didn't last long because they realized, they realized fairly, in fairly short order that Hitler had basically marked them down for slavery just like the Russians. And, uh, right. But there was, there was some limited collaboration between uh, Ukrainians and, and Nazis, and that has always been a, a grudge. And so when you hear Putin doing that, he's really calling back to that sort of ethnic warfare. And that's, that 
I think he thinks is going to be powerful enough to um, to carry the day. I don't think that that's. I think you're, you're 80 years down the road here. Most of the people who would, for whom that emotional appeal uh, would work are dead. Um, and I think Putin is using it basically as a cynical lever, probably without realizing that it's probably not powerful enough to actually move anything. But that's what that yeah, means. I, he's he's, he's yeah, pulling out stops is what he's doing. Yeah, and I suspect that was for a domestic audience. I brief, but I do wonder. Only a domestic audience, yeah. Yeah, it's only a domestic audience, although I had wondered... I seriously had wondered if that was his signal that he didn't intend to stop at Kiev. He he's actually thinking of taking the whole country because yep. most of that most of that Nazi per, that period where the Ukrainians uh, uh, collaborated with uh, the the Nazi uh, army uh, was in Western Ukraine toward uh, Ivano-Frankivsk and, and and Lviv, and uh, I I think that's. I think that's where it's coming from. Hey, Ed, I'm gonna, I gotta play one more piece for you. Uh, I, I, I don't know how much longer I can have you, but anyway, um, I wanted to play. So you just let me know. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm gonna, I tell you what, we're gonna keep you one more segment after this, but I want to play this for you quickly. This was Jen Psaki yesterday announcing that the U.S. was going to put sanctions directly on on Putin and Lavrov. Cut number one, please, John. Following a, a telephone conversation President Biden held with uh, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, and in alignment with the decision by our European allies, the United States will join them in sanctioning President Putin and Foreign Minister Lavrov and members of the Russian National Security Team. So, so I mean, at this point, if they cut SWIFT, and they say we're going to do personal sanctions against Putin himself, which they have a step they've never taken. You know, here's the two part question: One, is there anything they have left in the in the sanction bag? And two, if the guy turns out to be a maniac, as you and I seem to think he is, does that even move the needle? I don't think it moves the needle with Putin. And by the way, I think that the. Um I, I think that sort of like the denazification issue is strictly a an argument for domestic audience uh, for Putin. I think that the personal sanctions on Putin and Lavrov are a domestic argument in, in the West in terms of demonstrating some seriousness. I, I think that they. I think that ah, in the U.S. It, 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 first off, I doubt very seriously that either Putin or Lavrov have their assets anywhere near where U.S. or European. Regulators can can seize or freeze them. They're they're probably in China. They're probably in Latin America, and um, and they're they're not going to lose a whole lot of money over this. But it's a it's a symbolic step for U.S. and the EU leaders. Um, the SWIFT thing is much different. That doesn't hit just Putin and Lavrov. In fact, probably barely barely dents them. But it hits all of the oligarchy that supports Putin. All of the Russian oligarchs, all the billionaires, are going to uh, be locked out of the banking system. And this is not just we're going to lock Vladimir Putin. They're, lock, they're talking about locking the entire country of Russia out of it. It's going to hurt also the working classes in, um, in Russia. I mean, you saw the market response. Mm -hmm. the, the Russian market started to collapse the day after the uh, invasion. It rebounded a little bit yesterday and see how, where it ended up. Uh, but it, it was rebounding slightly. Uh, yesterday, but if they get locked out of SWIFT, it's going to be an economic collapse, especially because they can't sell oil. And it's the only thing they have to sell oil and some rare earth elements, none of which they're going to be able to sell. Maybe to China, but China doesn't need most of it. 
China needs the oil. China doesn't need the rare earth elements because they mine it themselves. They're going to yeah. be they're going to have a, an economic collapse on their hands. So the SWIFT thing is really the economic nuclear weapon. After that, no, I think at that point, then I think you have to go with what Biden said about the incremental steps that they initially announced, which is you have to wait and see. You know, you have to wait and see if, if somebody decides that they've had enough of Putin and puts a bullet behind his ear or hangs him by his you know, heels in, the, in, the, uh, in, in Red Square, uh, or, if, or if Putin has some sort of response to that that, that will rally Russians. I think that there, he's already in, in great danger of having the Russian public slip away from him here. And yeah. Swift might be the last, might be the last straw. Well, well it, it remains to be seen. They have not, they have not, in fact, officially announced uh, cutting off Russia from Swift yet. But it right. appears again, reports in the last two hours would indicate that it's in the works, uh, and that they've got agreement within the EU. But again, just reports, so we want to be careful about that. Ed, hang on the line. I got one more. I I got one more question for you. Then we'll let you get on your way in beautiful Texas, uh, and uh, we will. It, it will be back after this. You are listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Got inflation? Not at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Every day your dollar will buy 40 to 70% more at PJ's Appliance. Hi, this is PJ. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores. How? By simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's Appliance Outlet has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers and dishwashers from trusted brands like LG, Electrolux, Whirlpool, Frigidaire and many more. We're also the exclusive dealer for the Ilve handmade Italian stoves that you see on the DIY TV shows. Don't pay inflated prices for name brand appliances. Take the short drive to save big, big dollars at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Visit our easy-to-get-to Plymouth showroom today or find us online at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. Education is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for your children. To get half off, it's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish, his better half, and we're from Oakdale. We wanted a strong Christian school with conservative values. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. I asked station several times to make sure that I understood that there weren't strings attached and and there were no strings attached. The impact on our kids has been amazing. Their critical thinking is stronger and they're better equipped for life. Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions and it just makes them better adults. Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. 
this message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. The Biz 1440. It's oh, a good song. Thank you. We're visiting with Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. We've taken good advantage of his time. I'm going to take a little bit longer. Uh, first of all, Ed, I missed a question from one of our list, regular listeners, Don, on Twitter. Um, I can help you with the answer for this, but uh, interesting review. Are Kiev and what is now Ukraine the original Russia? until being moved to Moscow in the current Russia? I, I think um, there's a, some sort of legendary status of that. I don't know that that's actually... I think that's a claim that Russia makes in, in terms of uh, a claim of ownership. But I'm, I'm not necessarily sure how accurate that is. I, actually, I think I'd ask you that question. Can you probably got a better yeah, answer on that than I do. It, the city of Kiev, formed by three brothers who came up the Dnipro, uh, was was actually a city before Moscow was a city. And so there are a lot of people that would argue that Russian culture began in, began in Kiev. And as you've seen, if you've been watching maps this week, you can see Kiev is not that far away from the Russian border. It's one reason why it made sense for, for uh, Russian troops to try to go directly to Kiev and try a decapitation strategy uh, because the country's geography allows that. Uh, but but I question whether or not the culture that established in 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 Kiev was truly Russian versus having its own unique Ukrainian uh, status. Uh, so I you know Don I would I would sort of suggest that you know I think Ed's right about this uh, that uh, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to sort of make the argument that that Kiev is the original Moscow or Ukraine is the original Russia. But they're certainly, you know, when you talk about Slavic brotherhood, Ukraine and Russia have Slavic connections that far exceed the connections of any other Slavic peoples right. uh, in the region. Okay, that that's true. But to say they're identical... No, I mean, I mean, just uh, just as a quick point, and I think because I, I know I know Don, I know he'll appreciate this. There are separate Orthodox traditions between Russian and Ukrainian, and the Russian and Ukrainian Orthodox churches do not get along very well. Um, you, you, you. <laughs> I will, I will leave it at that, and I'll just encourage people if you really, if that point makes you curious, go read the history of the two churches. Um, they're they're very, it's very very interesting. Uh, and, but but way beyond what a business and economic show does. Ed, here's the here's the last major point for me, which is which and I'm because I'm going to bring this back out of Ukraine. I've tried to bring it back into into Eastern Europe. We talked about we talked about Eastern Europe and what's known as yep. the Intermarium countries. So now let's move to the West and start thinking about you know we got like four minutes. Can we think about France and Germany and the reaction in those countries and and the impact it's going to have on them, both politically and economically. Well, 
politically and economically, I think they're tied, right? I mean, we're, they're really closely tied together. Uh, you know, Germany was um, sort of all in on importing Russian energy as a, as a strategy uh, to replace the nuclear power that they used to have in Germany, but their green movement successfully sort of squeezed out. I think that, that all those calculations now have to be rethought. In, in the wake of this, they're, they're going to be energy um, poor, uh, at least for a short period of time, until they figure out how to replace the energy that they're not going to be getting from Russia, especially if they lock, if, the, if Russia gets locked out of SWIFT, because even if they wanted to, to buy it, they wouldn't have any way to do it. And that's one of the reasons I think that the Germans have been so um, opposed to making the SWIFT move, uh, although even they were talking about uh, doing it. Uh, late yesterday, they, there were some uh, reports that the Germans had rethought that position. Uh, France, I think, is uh, is much less tied to um, to Moscow politically or economically. I think France has actually uh, made that pretty clear, and and they have actually been among the more hawkish in the EU. I'd say Boris Johnson is probably easily the most hawkish, but you know, Macron has Macron has had good good enough relations to try to talk directly to to Putin, but when that stopped working, Macron has made it very clear about how um, the EU really needs to stand up here. I think what's going to be more interesting really is Eastern Europe because you had a number of these countries that were already uh, that that were sort of in Putin's I wouldn't say thrall, but but sort of in Putin's corner. That would be Orban and Hungary, and I forget the name of the um, the Czech prime minister or president. Um, uh, and you know, you had uh, Bulgaria that just kind of leaned that way anyway. Uh, Poland certainly didn't. Poland, I think, has always been clear-eyed about this, even though Poland has been uh, sort of a fractious member of the EU. Uh, they've been pretty strong in, in regard to NATO. I think all of those gains that Putin managed to make over the years, sort of wheedling his way into Eastern Europe as a way of dividing off that block again, is is gone to waste. It's it's he just he just set it aflame. And um, as long as Putin's in Russia, I don't think those countries ever start leaning back that direction again. It's just it is a complete destruction of the political strategies that Putin has put in place over the last twenty years. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And by the way, thank uh, Don. Thanks you for the previous for the answer to the previous question. Uh, it's it's really interesting. Uh, I really think what's happened here is is that with Merkel leaving, who was basically basically the Western leader who had the closest connection to Putin, uh, both of them speak the other's language. I mean, literally, they right. uh, uh, she speaks she speaks uh, fluent Russian. He speaks. I understand it to be very good, but not fluent German. Uh, because he was stationed in East Germany for a while, um, I think I think they were very close to each other. The turnover of leadership in Germany, and by the way, you mentioned the Czech, uh, the Czech Republic. They've recently turned over a new legislature, a new prime minister uh, who's been there only since November. I think that maybe that's the window into which, along with what they see coming out of the United States, Putin may have decided. There's enough uncertainty and enough new players on the board that are still finding their way around, uh, not knowing where the executive washroom is, that I think they have um, – I think he thought this was the time to take advantage of it. And, and I'd say watch the space between Macron and Scholz, the new, the new leader in Germany, because I do think Fran- France has always been jealous of Merkel. 
Uh, Macron has been personally jealous of Merkel, and I, I think you're going to see more space between France and Germany than you see between any EU member in the United States. I think that's that because, because for me, there's a battle with, and, and I think Putin understands this. There's now a battle within the EU for who dominates the 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 all of the organs of the European of the European collective state and the, the power the powers that they have, and and Macron wants to be the guy that's number one, and Schultz is going to have to figure out how do I keep Germany as the primary player here because. The entire German economy depends on the EU and the ECB functioning the way it has for the last 25 years. Oh, that's a great point. Um, that's a great point, King. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, it's a, very, it's a very interesting fight that they're having right now. So, anyway, Ed, I've got I've to run. I'm going to let you get back. Give my best to your wife, uh, Barbara's as well, uh, because uh, we're just uh, we just miss you guys up here, uh, and hopefully sometime we can get together. And who knows, maybe we'll get the Narn back together. We'll, we'll convince Mitch to uh, let us back onto the mothership at some point. There. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd absolutely love yeah. that. My best to everybody there, all the all the listeners in the Twin Cities. I miss you guys, and thanks so much for having me on today. Great. Thank you. Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. Be sure to follow Ed at Ed Morrissey on Twitter or at HotAir uh, as well. And, and you should be reading Hot Air every day. It's a fabulous site. Uh, we'll be back right after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. As the At first just go sleep Turn the water Shade off car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018 800-884-9018 That's 800-884-9018 wouldn't it be great to receive free quotes from multiple top-rated contractors on siding, roofing, and window jobs with absolutely zero pushy salespeople invading your house with one-size-fits-all overpriced options? I'm Ryan with my three quotes. As many Patriot listeners know, one short meeting with me will result in competitive estimates emailed to you a few days later with no obligation to buy. With today's supply chain issues, the most common question I get lately is how long until the work can be done? Straight answer. If you would like to see some new windows in your house in the summer, now is the time to call me. Lead times are up to six months for window installs, double than what we've ever seen in the past. 
So whether you would like a few windows quoted or all of them, we'll go over the best options that fit your house and stand up to our extreme temperature swings. If you decide to move forward, I'll come back out to write up the order so we can get the clock ticking on your new windows. Set up a short meeting with me. Go to GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. Everyone has important numbers. A phone number, a year you were born, even your anniversary. At Appliance Renew, giving our customers savings up to 50% off is one of our important numbers. Hey, it's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew. We sell brand new scratch and ding name brand appliances. Our inventory of over 250 appliances changes weekly. I put all appliances through a 20-point inspection, checking that all components, belts, and lines are running at peak performance. Appliance Renew is locally owned and operated in beautiful downtown Farmington. Visit ApplianceRenew.com or give me a call at 612-564-9207. It's worth the trip to downtown Farmington in the South Metro for savings up to 50% off brand new scratch and ding appliances. Saving money is worth the drive when a little ding doesn't mean a thing at Appliance Renew. When the markets are down, three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.